This is Caps This Morning with John Walton and Ben Raby on Caps Radio 24-7. The second half has begun. We look back this morning at the first half. How did the team perform in the first 41 games of the season? Ben Raby here to review it all with us. Good morning, everybody. Today is Wednesday, January 17th. Welcome to Caps This Morning here on Caps Radio 24-7. Ben with us here today, as we said, and 41 games down, 41 games to go, a game with St. Louis tomorrow, and then a whole lot of road games, all-star break, and then getting into the nitty-gritty and the stretch run. It's tough to believe that we're here already, but we are here. Thoughts just in general first here on the first half where the team certainly overperformed in some areas, maybe underperformed in others, but all in all, 20 wins in 41, and relatively where they were this time last year as they try and get into the playoffs here in the second half. Well, there was a stretch, John, maybe easier said than done to completely bottle this up, but if you think back to late October until about the Christmas break, almost two months, you could say, from October 25 to, we'll say, December 25, where the Caps were among the best teams in the league this season, and that two-month stretch was certainly enjoyable to be around and to cover and when you think about the highlights of that two-month stretch it was the defensive play it was winning low scoring grinded out affairs and that's the type of game that typically translates well into a stretch run and come the second half of the season when things league-wide tends to tighten up a little bit and if you could have that defensive foundation I do believe that bodes well as you try to crack the top eight and enter the playoff race. That said, I won't even say it's the elephant in the room. You also need to score goals to win hockey games, and they haven't done nearly enough of that. And the sample size is tremendously large now as we begin the second half of the season here. At some point, it's great if you have that defensive foundation. We just saw it over the weekend against the New York Rangers, that 2-1 loss, thinking back to Sunday afternoon. Charlie Lindgren was terrific. The penalty kill was really good. You checked all these boxes, and you just didn't have the finish. And what they'll need in the second half of the season, in addition to going back to those defensive tendencies they've shown is you got to find the back of the net it's not rocket science you got to find the back of the net with more regularity than they have there may be some guys to look to that there's been some recent encouraging things Max Pacioretty certainly gets an incomplete in the first half just now coming online but TJ Oshie with maybe the best game we've seen from him in quite some time he had some good ones last year I thought his game in New York last weekend was maybe his best of the season when he had seven shots on goal he went from two goals on the season to four You'd like to think there's more that he can give in the second half, more that Pacioretty can give, and then, of course, more Alex Ovechkin can give. And we haven't seen a lot of Alex here lately with the injury that he's been dealing with and a whole lot of game-time decisions. But if he is able to produce at a higher level than where he is at, single-digit goals I don't think anyone had on the bingo card in the first half, but on pace for in the 16-17 range, you'd like to think that he can make that push toward 30 in the second half. And to your point, talking about Ovechkin having missed some time, you know, they, they really, you think back to last Thursday against Seattle, would have been the first time and really the only time you've had Ovechkin, Pacioretty, Oshie all in the lineup together. You would like to think, you'd like to hope that they could get some good health and they could have a run where, as Ryan McClellan has acknowledged, dating back to last summer, you wanted to add to the top six. Well, you have Pacioretty now. Can you add him to the other guys who typically would make up 
your top six. We really haven't seen all of them in the lineup together. We haven't seen them, everyone at the disposal for the power play, all together with regularity and consistency, be it a number one unit or the number two unit. So hopefully these guys could be in the lineup at the same time. Hopefully in the case of Alex Ovechkin as well, not taking part in the All-Star Game festivities this year. Hopefully... That break, that breather, gives him an opportunity to recharge the batteries and come out with a strong, unofficial second half of the season as well. So I look forward to seeing them being together and healthy. And then as far as guys who have been fixtures to the lineup this season, John, the third line, if you, I don't know what number we're calling them, McMichael, Mantha, Protus, really good for large stretches. Maybe we'll get to them here. They have experienced, you could say, a little bit of a, a lull maybe here post-Christmas. You know, Spencer Carberry has acknowledged, you know, in the case of McMichael, you get to 40 games, you know, at the NHL level and, and maybe a first full season in this case of seeing that time regularly. You know, you got to find another gear. It's a challenge. But I'm curious to see as well, the Protuses, McMichaels, even before the All-Star break, if they could find that gear that showed, that potential they showed in November and December when they collectively were really, really good as a trio. Certainly want to talk about the kids as they are and the guys who won the Calder Cup with Hershey and Protus and McMichael certainly top that list. Hendricks LaPierre may be getting more time at the NHL level in the first half than we thought he might, but he certainly has been, to a lesser extent, still a part of things here as we get into half number two. For Protus, to me, he might be the one that has done the most under Spencer Carberry where you have all the assists that he's gotten. He's had trouble putting it in the back of the net, but he's getting a lot of playmakers. He's developed as an NHL forward. Spencer Carberry has raved about him throughout the entire the first half. That's certainly a positive, but I think just the development of these guys for now, for the second half, for the next several years, to be able to have that happening here and watching what we've seen in the first half has certainly been impressive. Heck, they leaned on them for stretches in November and December. That line of McMichael, Brodus, and, you know, Mantha, not a youngster, but as far as Protus and McMichael, really, again, up until the past couple of weeks, you could say they had a steady, it was almost like an incline, John. Like, they were just getting better and better every game, and we were wondering, they hit the 10-game mark, they hit the 20-game mark, they hit the 30-game mark. When was it going to eventually maybe run out, that gradual improvement? And good on them to, to make the most of the opportunities they've been given. In the case of Protus, a fixture on the penalty kill unit. He's made some cameo appearances on the power play. We've seen McMichael being used late-game situations, protecting a one-goal lead. We've seen both of them out there in three-on-three overtime situations. They're playing big boy minutes. They're being leaned on, so good on them. And I know a point that you've been harping on dating back to last spring, the experience that they had in the AHL's Calder Cup playoffs. I mean, it's carried over. It's not a cup hangover. It really is a cup carryover for them and good on them with a brief off season to seemingly pick up where they left off last spring. They had big roles with Hershey and they've made the most of the opportunities here under Spencer Carberry and showing that they belong as fixtures at this level. Let's talk defense. It's been a little bit of a work in progress, but by and large, it's been pretty good. I think Spencer Carberry and what he said prior to the game last night about, you know, they're still trying to sort through some things. I mean, Trevor Van Riemsdyk sits last night, for instance. We've seen others sit. We've seen guys who've been banged up who may get a game or two, and you've certainly got the personnel here. By and large, they've been healthy. The addition of Ethan Bear has made them thicker, I guess, through all of that. But uh, thoughts on the defense here as we get into half number two. Yeah, and you'd like to think the addition of Ethan Bear as well, providing depth, providing a guy who they believe has some untapped offensive potential that could be realized uh, here in Washington. I do wonder now, you have the depth pieces, 
you get a healthy Rasmus Sandin back, hopefully in the not-too-distant future, and when they're all healthy and you have eight NHL defensemen, I mean, they are pushing each other. You're, you're looking over your shoulder a little bit, you know, hey, if I don't get my act together here, I might come out of the lineup, that type of thing. So I think there's internal competition, which maybe isn't a bad thing, but I think there is an appetite. The defensive play has been pretty good. The, the goaltending's been terrific and in some cases, defensively pretty good. I think there is an appetite to get the blue liners chipping in a little bit more offensively. We talk about where some of those goals could come by. They're not necessarily paid to score goals. It's not priority number one. But every team that looks to make a deep run, you look for those secondary scores. There are guys on the back end. Rasmus Sandin is somebody who has acknowledged he would like to chip in offensively. I think there is an appetite to get those guys activating, joining the rush when appropriate, and finding the back of the net as well. That would be a welcome difference, if you will, in the second half as compared to what we've seen in the first. This is the second season of the goaltending tank of Darcy Kemper and Charlie Lindgren. On the day they signed, it was very clearly delineated. Number one, number two. Get the bulk of the starts. A nice, solid NHL backup. And this season, that is certainly grayer than it used to be. And I would say, at least right now, it is a 1A, 1B situation. Charlie Lindgren, win healthy. You could make an argument, was this team's MVP in the first half, given he gave them a chance to win on any given night because as you said, this team doesn't score goals. They're 30th in a league and have been lower than that throughout the season, and they're trying to find their way there. Were it not for Charlie Lindgren's play, they might not be close to a playoff spot. As it is, they're five over NHL 500, at least at that 41-game mark, and Charlie seems to be a big reason of it. How many starts do we see from Charlie in the second half? Big road trip coming up. There's a back-to-back next week with Minnesota and Colorado. You know they're both playing there, but how is this going to get split up here. You're putting me on the spot. Could we re- uh, unveil the curtain here a little bit? I asked yesterday at the morning skate rhetorically, <laughs> there's 41 games left. What's the division of games going to be here? You're you putting me on the spot. You want to take a shot at this first? There's 41 games? I mean, I imagine they'll be close. Will it be within six starts of each other? I'm, doing- I'm going to say close, and I'm going to say the way that Charlie has given them the opportunity to win that Charlie is a guy that's going to get more starts than he might have otherwise. There aren't. There still are some back-to-backs, then, but we'll then see. Then he might have otherwise. But how about then more than the incumbent? Well, it's going to be close. I think it's probably right now, if I'm going to guess, I'm going to say 50-50. And I think that's because Charlie has been a guy that, for whatever reason, when the cat, when he has played and the team seems to respond in front of him, and that's not a slight on Darcy, it's just that it seems like Charlie sometimes brings out the best in his team and they need all of the goals and karma they can find in the second half. This is never going to be a team that's going to rival the Caps teams of six, seven, eight years ago. But if they can score just a little more and get good goal a good defense, this could be very well a playoff team if they can do just a little bit better than they did in the first half. So here's what I'm going to say. I'm going to actually throw out numbers, all right? I'm going to give the benefit of the doubt here to Darcy Kemper, the resume, the, the experience that he's had in his NHL career. We'll say 23-17 and give a token one to one of Hunter Shepard and Clay Stevenson because as we've seen already this year, anything is possible here as far as the goaltending depth and having to call somebody up. I will say this brings to mind and 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 in addition to the Caps This Morning podcast, John, one of the podcasts I, I listen to on the regular is, I'm sure you do too, 32 Thoughts with Elliot Friedman and Jeff Merrick. And Elliot has an expression he says all the time, which is that you plan, God laughs. And you have to be able to adjust. And I think to your point, when Kemper and Lindgren were signed two summers ago, you had your 
quote-unquote traditional number one. You had your traditional, he's going to be the understudy. He could play every 10 days, every two weeks, and he'll be good to go as needed. He's he's groomed for that, Charlie Lindgren. And here we are a a year and a half later, and you credit Charlie Lindgren. He could play two days in a row, apparently, and doesn't miss a beat. He's been really good. He's very steady. He's in control. To your point, team plays well in front of him as well. And every start seemingly gives the team a chance to win and... We were talking about this with Ken on the postgame show the other day. It's hard to think of too many, quote-unquote, bad goals or deflating goals, you know, situations in a game where maybe you've just scored and you're not letting one in on the very next shift. He, he doesn't have too many of those instances, and it's just a very almost trustworthy guy you have there. And we'll see if Darcy Kemper, again, given the resume and the track record, if he can also elevate his game down the stretch because, as we've learned, they're going to need to lean on both of them. Last one for in. I'll take this one first. Grade for the first half. I'm going to say a solid B. I think their lack of goal production has been the biggest negative so far. I think Charlie Lindgren has been the biggest positive. I think there's a lot of places that they could easily improve if all goes well. And I think under Spencer Carberry, and given this team is in transition where veterans were moved out at the trade deadline last year, you basically looked at this year and said, that'd be nice if you made the playoffs, but I don't know that anybody and no national publication was had Washington in the top eight and you've got a team that legitimately has a chance if they can put together a decent second half to be a six seven eight and get these young guys coming up from the Calder Cup last year get them some Stanley Cup playoff experience some meaningful experience and I think that's if we're being realistic that might be the expectation that might have been the top shelf and I think that's from a coaching standpoint I want more offense but I think the coaching staff has done everything they can do. I think the defense is still getting put together a little bit, but I think by and large has been good. The goaltending has been good. I'm going to go with a nice solid B for them. B, B plus, that's fine. I'll, I'll, I'll give, to your point, a really solid grade to the coaching staff because I do think we, we've kind of asked this question, inquired within the room. I believe, John, there was an understanding in late October, given the slow start they had, given the offensive struggles that were present from the start of the year, maybe a little unexpected, that they were going to have to adjust the way they played, the way they were going to win games. They couldn't trade chances. They were going to have to clamp down. They were going to have to, to bring it full circle to what we touched on at the start, they were going to have to win low-scoring, grinded-out games. And the team, it seems, for the most part, has done a really good job of buying in. They haven't been able to exit. It's a hard way to live, you know, 82 games a year. But by and large, they've bought in. They play a style that at times can be low event, but they've produced wins doing that. And I do think that, again, the foundation has been laid for potential second-half success if those goals could come by. But I I think it starts at the top. Credit the coaching staff. You overcome the loss of Nick Backstrom, the fluidity of the lineup, integrating young guys. So many things could have gotten this off track, and it hasn't. Do they have ground to make up? Certainly. But I think all things considered to be where they are at the midway point of the season, if you had said this on October 20th, October 25th, I think you would have signed up for it. There you have it. First half, Capitals facing the St. Louis Blues tomorrow at 7, 6.45 airtime on 106.7 A Fan and always right here on Caps Radio 24-7. Heard for free at CapsRadio247.com. Ben, have yourself a Wednesday, will you? Happy Wednesday, John. For the latest on the Capitals and hockey news around the clock. Let's go, Cap! 
Tune in to Caps Radio 24-7. Listen online via the Capitals mobile app at CapsRadio247.com or ask Alexa to play Caps Radio 24-7 on TuneIn.